Welcome back. I promise you all I will be backing off of the mic this episode. This show's a work in progress. I don't know what to tell you fuckers. They say the girls have more fun, but they never met the boys. This is Boy Talk. Boy Talk. This is Boy Talk. What's up, bitches? I hope you had a fantastic week. I cannot believe the first episode has now been out for an entire week. If you haven't listened yet, please go give it a listen. I think it's pretty fantastic. But if not, welcome to the new episode. I wanted to start off just talking a little bit about some pop culture things. Um... I love pop culture, I am a homosexual, so of course I want to talk about it. So, the first thing that happened this last week, besides for the podcast dropping, was driver's license. If you don't know what I'm talking about by me just saying that, I don't know what rock you're living under, but even if you wanted to avoid the song Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo's, you couldn't. Like, I am telling you, every single social media platform was having a heyday about this song. And at first, I was like, eh, should I listen to it? I loved her song in High School Musical when she played Gabriella, and I definitely cried to it in my bathroom a couple times, and it was right around a breakup, so of course I was emotionally charged, but... I was like, mm, I don't know. I'm really not into some sad bitch juice right now. I'm doing pretty good. Life's pretty good. I've been feeling like some Nikki, some Megan, all that great stuff. I'm not really been feeling my feelings like that. And then I listened to it and I went, what was my life before this song? I have been playing the saddest memories in my mind to this song all week. It has been completely on replay. I think I'm about 2.5 million of the streams that it has on Spotify now. I love it. I love her. Please go listen to the song. It's fantastic. Another great thing that happened for music was the Ariana Grande, Doja Cat, and Megan Thee Stallion collab on 34 plus 35. I was part of the Twitter hype who was trying to figure out who it was going to be. I know we were talking and was like, maybe it's going to be, you know, Doja and Meg. Maybe it's going to be Doja and Nicki. I don't know about y'all, but I was screaming regardless of who it was going to be because... 34 plus 35 has been my favorite song by far from the album. I love it so much. I'm a Libra. I feel like it's a Libra anthem. And so when Ari announced that they were doing a remix, I was screaming. When I tell you that song came out at 12.01, I put it on and I listened to it about 10 times in a row. I did that exactly. I remember I was sitting at my kitchen table and that is the only thing that was in my headphones. It's so good. I mean, let's be fair. The Megan verse was not as strong as I was hoping. I love Meg. I'm a hot girl. I do hot shit. She literally has changed my life. 100% she's changed my life for the better. I just feel like the song is a softer bad bitch move. You know what I mean? And Doja's energy matches that really well. Meg is so aggressive. Like, she literally, quite literally was like, you're gonna fuck me all night. And like, yeah, that's what Ari's saying too. But, like, she says in, like, this really soft, cutesy, playful way. And then Meg's just like, nope, you're doing it. Get in it. Like, I don't know. Didn't love it. But overall, I still love the collaboration. I think it was fantastic. And I hope to see more from them three as a dynamic. Because Doja's on fire. Megan's on fire. Ari's, you know, a queen of pop. So hopefully there'll be more. 
Speaking of all of this new music and fun, I did want to talk about should you have music on during intimate time? This is a question that I've been asked a few times on TikTok and Instagram, and really, it's up to you. I can see you saying why you would enjoy it, and I can see you saying why you don't. So, the perks of playing music while having intimate time, right? Like, obviously, a lot of music is sexually charged. So, like, you can get yourself into a bad bitch vibe. Some of them have really great beats, which are really fun for when you're having intimate time. Gets you going in a nice rhythm kind of thing, right? Another great reason for using music is if you're trying to cover up the noise of intimate time, right? So, I don't know about a lot of y'all, but, like, I shared a room growing up. And then even when I didn't share a room, my house had really thin walls and floors. So, like, there was zero privacy in my bedroom. Same thing with going to college. I had a roommate. Even in my last three years when I became an RA and had a special RA room, there was a wall between me and my roommate now. But there was a vent that you could see right through. So no matter what was happening in either of the rooms, we could hear it. So sometimes you have to have music in the background or some type of noise to help cover it up. Like even now in my good old Manhattan apartment, I'm living in a flex, meaning my wall is fake. There is a huge one foot hole above it. So anything that happens in my bedroom, the living room hears it, the kitchen hears it, the bathroom hears it. Luckily, my roommate is an OG, known her for forever. Shout out to her. And we just have a great system with headphones, And it works. We make it work. You know what? It's hard in these streets, but we make it work. So, in my opinion, do I enjoy using music for intimate time? No. And that's okay. If you enjoy it, that's great for you. I've discovered in my time, I don't really love it. I have had partners in the past who could not focus on the task at hand when there was music or TVs playing. One of my funniest stories that I have about that was one time with an ex. We were, you know, doing the do. Like, we were hardcore in the middle of it. And, like, I could tell he was not fully paying attention slash not fully there. He starts slowing down. Like, the the thrusting starts slowing. the, The whole everything just starts slowing down. And I look up and he's watching TV. And he's like, oh, sorry, I really like this episode. It was like Family Guy or like American Dad, one of those terrible cartoons, adult humor BS. And I'm just like, jaw dropped, cannot believe it, disrespected, hurt, annoyed. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? I'm beautiful. I'm naked. How else can I get your attention? So ever since then... I'm scarred to have any type of music or shows or any of that going on. But something more importantly that you miss out when you're using music or other forms of noise to distract from intimate time is there isn't a space for dirty talk. So what is dirty talk? Basically, dirty talk is communicating with your partner or partners during intimate time verbally, right? So it's talking to one another. It's making comments about what's happening. 
it's that kind of like sensual stuff. It can start as early as, you know, the foreplay round or the initiation of intimate time. Like you could be laying cuddling and like whisper into your partner's ear something that you want to do to them or the way that they look or tell them how you're feeling, that kind of thing. It can be while you're in foreplay making comments about the feeling, the texture, the taste, all of that stuff. And then, of course, when you're actually in the full course meal of intimate time, full on pleasure, just talking to each other, making noise with each other, that kind of thing, right? And it plays into that kind of submissive and dominant role that happens with intimate time. And yes, some people are switches or verses, meaning like sometimes they're more sub than not and sometimes they're more dom than not. But in general, just to make it easier, let's look at it at a sub and dominant kind of level just to give some basic ideas around what dirty talk is for someone who may be newer to this or isn't sure how to initiate it. Basically, the dominant one tends to be more about like the aggressive dirty talk, saying things like where they want it, how they want it, talking about how it feels, talking about how it tastes. And a submissive person is more... The moans, the the whimpers, the this feels so good or harder or more please, that kind of thing, right? One thing I want to talk about and I want to make really clear is that dirty talk is not what the media has made it, which they have played it off as humorous. I've gotten a lot of questions about dirty talk on TikTok and Instagram, right? And all of y'all are telling me that you have a hard time Staying serious when trying to have dirty talk, and it makes you feel almost uncomfortable to bring dirty talk into the bedroom. And I think a lot of it starts with what we've seen in the media for dirty talk. Dirty talk isn't this humorous thing where it's like, oh yeah, harder, ha ha ha. No. Dirty talk is supposed to be pleasurable. Dirty talk is supposed to be sexy. It's supposed to be intimate. It's supposed to be fun. It's like the whipped cream and cherries on top of great, passionate, intimate time, right? I think when the media continues to display these humorous moments of dirty talk, like it goes wrong or it's uncomfortable, we've learned to just laugh at it. Like I can think about almost all of these PG-13 movies I've seen, like the stupid humor ones that involve some type of like sex scene and they're all really, 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 like, bad and awkward and uncomfortable. And I remember laughing at them because they are funny. And at the core of it, sex is kind of hard to talk about, right? So using humor to get through it is kind of like the greatest thing we can do. It makes it feel less intense. But I do think it's fair to say that the way we portray it in the media is taking away and doing a disservice to how we view dirty talk. So, if I'm the first one to tell you, then listen up and open your fucking ears. Dirty talk is sexy, and dirty talk should be normalized. And I'm gonna tell you how. But we love filthy, dirty talk here on Boy Talk. I'm telling you, it takes your intimate time to the next level when done right. So let me share a story with you. I have had a couple very verbal partners in my dating experience and in my hookup time. I'm a retired slut 
and I don't feel like that word is derogatory whatsoever. I was a proud, proud hole, I'm telling you. Did I do it at a time when I was hurt? Yes. Do I have some regrets around it? A little bit. I wish I wouldn't have been trying to find validation through sex with strangers. But you know what? Trauma does it to you. So I did what I did. I lived that life. I walked that walk. And I'm here to tell you I learned a lot from it. And hopefully then you won't have to go out and do what I had to do. And you can just learn from me. So here is one of my favorite stories about a verbal partner, right? I am submissive when it comes to intimate time in the sense of like, I prefer to not be in control. I like guys who are super into being in control. I like guys who are more dominant. I like guys who like, you know, the pull the hair, um, you know, smack the ass kind of thing, right? But wow, do I love when a guy is verbally dominant too. This man had tried to pursue me for about eight months, right? He found me on like a dating app. I went on a date with him. Wasn't thrilled. Wasn't like head over heels. Just had got out of a really serious relationship and was hurting. Um, so I wasn't ready to jump into it. And he for sure was. Like he was down to clown, like really into me. Talking about taking me on dates, talking about putting a, a title on it. And I just was like honest with him and was like, hey, I'm not in the place for that right now. And he was totally understanding. But at the same time, he never like stopped trying to pursue me. So he would like go into my DMs. He'd slide up on my story. I'd always get the late night Snapchats. I'd get the what you doing at like three in the morning. I'd post a hot girl pic at the bars with my friends or at a party, and he would just tell me how beautiful I was. He'd ask when he could see me again. He'd ask when he could come over. He was always offering to drive to me, offering to come be with me, offering to take me out, offering to take me places, always offering to host at his place because I was an RA, so I was like, you can't come into the dorm. Because I don't want my students to know that I was a freak. But regardless, I basically was like not ready for it. And I just wasn't feeding into it in the sense of he knew I wasn't trying to date at the moment. Nor was I looking really for any hookups or anything. So I told him that and he was understanding of course. But that energy never stopped. Every time I would post a thirst trap on Snapchat or on Instagram... He would swipe right up and let me know how bad he wanted to be with me, how bad he wanted to take me out, the things he wanted to do. And we always just kind of had that energy. Well, finally, after about eight months of like this man pursuing me and me being like, no, no, I don't want it. The tension's nice. Thank you very much. I'll take more of that. But no, I don't want to date. I finally was like, hey, I'm interested in doing something with you, like dating or maybe like a friend with benefits set up. And he at that point was no longer looking for something serious. He decided at that point that he would rather just be a friend with benefits. So we decided as adults with needs that we would be friends with benefits. And there's nothing wrong with that because we're two adults who have needs. Like I have a body, my body needs what it needs. And so does his, and so we decided that's what we're going to do. 
being someone who identifies as more submissive, I could tell from the moment that I met him that he was definitely more dominant. Like, the vibe was there, the energy was there, the sexual tension was there. The one date we had gone on, it was clear that he was a very dominant man. And, like, that's my type. I won't play it is. I love guys who like control. I love guys who like to be, like, the leader. I like the guys who make the decisions. A little bit of a pillow princess sometimes. Not all the time. I'll do my work. But... I prefer to be the more submissive one, right? But I didn't realize how dominant he was until we got into bed, specifically how verbally dominant he was. And that's when I discovered that I love being degraded. He was telling me that I was a whore, that I was a slut, that I was nothing but a cocksucker. And I was like, tell me more. Like, tell me more. I have never been wetter. I was so aroused, it was disgusting. And for a second, I was like, what? I had no idea that, like, something like that was going to arouse me the way it did. But it totally did. It's totally normal. A lot of people are that way, too. So, like, you don't need to feel weird about it. And I just was like, okay, I love this. He was super into, like, just, like, telling me how it felt, how he wanted. He's, like, flip over. He'd be like quicker. He would grab my head and be like, you love that. And he'd be like, you do anything for this. And just like, he was so into it. It was so hot. His confidence is what sold the verbal side of everything though. He was so confident about everything that he said. He was like, you feel so tight. You feel so good. I want more. Go slower, go faster. Just literally so hot he also had this like indescribable moan groan that he would do like it was like this like almost growl um not like a like wolf growl but like it was like in his chest and it just he was so into it it was so attractive and that's when i realized how important verbal stuff is when it comes to intimate time like I don't think I could ever go back to just basic sex. Like, I just need that verbal part. Like, dirty talk is a requirement for me. It's so good. It's just the, it's the spice that you need in your intimate time. And I wish more people would learn to be confident. So that being said, I'm going to teach you all some fucking tips on how to be good at dirty talk. If you're not feeling confident, you don't know where to start, these are my three easy tips for you, right? First, I want you to talk about what you see, then I want you to talk about what you feel, and then I want you to talk about what you want. Those three things, those three prompts, are going to help you know what to say. They get in their heads and they don't know what to say, And then that's why they lose their confidence and dirty talk becomes so weird for them. So if you focus on these three things, what you see, what you feel, and what you want, it becomes so much easier because at its core, dirty talk is easy. You're literally just saying the things that you're thinking or feeling. It's not that complicated and it's that hot. It's that simple. So let's go for some examples. What you see. 
Let's break it down kind of that sub-dominant top-bottom level energy thing. If you are more of a dominant person slash the top in your relationship, right? What you'll want to do is for seeing, you'll say things like, your hole looks great. You look sexy. I love your chest slash boobs. I am super into the way you look sucking me. Those kind of things. You want to say what you're literally seeing. Like what looks good to you. Like your ass looks so fat right now. Or I love the way your ass jiggles when I'm pounding you. Those kind of things, right? If you're a bottom, things that you would say that you see are, wow, you're throbbing. You're huge. That's not going to fit in me. You'll want to like tell them how good it looks. Like tell them that they have a good looking penis. Like it's not that hard. Like men love to be flattered. Tops love to be flatters. Anyone who is providing a service in that sense, being the more dominant person wants to be flattered too. So you can tell them things like that's not going to fit in me or wow, you're huge or wow, I see it's throbbing. Wow. I love the way it looks. Um, I find myself complimenting a lot too with like arms and chest, specifically as a gay male with other men. Um, like if someone has a nice chest, I'm normally turned on by that. They have nice arms and only turned on by that. Um, I also like to talk about the way they look like their face. Like most men make like really attractive looking faces during sex, like biting the lip or, you know, a little bit of the sweat coming down their face. Like that stuff's hot to me. So I'll mention those things too. So then we get into what you feel. This is once again, just as simple. You're going to talk about what literally you're feeling. So if you're dominant, you can say you're so tight, you're so wet, you feel so good on it, that kind of stuff. And if you're the submissive person, you might say, I can feel you in me. You're so deep, faster, those kind of things. It's really that simple. It's not that complex. And then finally, what you want. This is a lot of fun because this is where you get to be a little more freaky, right? Like you can tell someone like, I want you to finish in my mouth or in my hole, or you can tell someone, I want you to bend me over the bed. I want you on your hands and knees. I want you to pull my hair. You can tell someone to slap you, spit on you, whatever you're really into. You just say it, whatever you want. And really just even saying it's hot you may not actually do it. Like they may not do it. You may not do it. But even just sometimes saying it gets you going. I think for beginners, what's important to understand about dirty talk too is it can happen throughout the entire time or you can save it for certain parts. It's whatever feels right to you. Sometimes intimate time for me starts before we even start. We'll be laying in bed cuddling and we'll be talking about things that we want to do. So talking about what we want. And you know... Sometimes the guys will get like a little like huskier in their voice and be like, oh yeah, you want that, don't you? And I'm like, hell yeah, I want that. Like, I'm crazy for it. You know what I mean? And they're like, that makes me so horny. And I'm like, of course it does. Because I'm playing your ass. I'm not dumb. I know what's going to turn you on. I'm trying to get you horny. I want to be horny with you. Like, I'm trying to turn you on. So don't be afraid to do it before you're having it at the time. During foreplay is great too. Like if you're fingered or, you know, you're providing like oral, 
oh, for sure tell them what you see, what you feel, what you want. It's super easy. And then when you get to the full course meal, then yeah, that's definitely where I say it works the best. And maybe that's where you'll start as a beginner because it feels more right in those moments. Like that's where you tend to either be more verbal with moaning or whimpering or whatever. So maybe try it out then. Or you could practice by doing it at the beginning to kind of get the mood set by talking dirty with each other. So, I hope for my beginners you learned something new and you can take that advice and run with it. But for my experts, I wanted to talk a little bit to you too. Dirty talk is so much fun. But one of the best things that you can do when you become more of an expert at it is simply this. Incorporate it into your digital relationship. We live in a modern world, especially right now with COVID. We're very digital, right? Dirty talk through cell phones is so hot. And it's a great tactic if you're trying to get your man's or your woman's or your partner really like kind of crazy about it. Like you're kind of driving them wild to the point where they're going to be like, I need to come home and see you. Like, I'm telling you, like, when I do this to my partners, they tend to be like, I'm coming over right now. Like, I'm going to leave work early. Like, I'm going to skip out on whatever I was supposed to do today because I now need to come talk to you. I need to come fuck you. So, for my experts, my best advice is some of this. Utilize Snapchat, number one. They can't screenshot it. Yeah, you can't control if they're going to whip out an iPad or another device and take a photo of anything or record it. You know, that's just out of your power. You have to have a little bit of trust in this stuff, right? But you can use Snapchat in a way to drive your partner crazy with dirty talk. And there's some features I think we sleep on. You know you can do voice memos, right? Like you don't have to even send a video. Your face doesn't have to be associated with it. It can just be your voice. The amount of times that I've just sent a voice memo, like basically like telling a guy what I want him to come do to me or being like pleading basically for them to come over and it works. I'm telling you it's one of my secret weapons. 100% is. Same thing with messaging on Snapchat because it goes away. It doesn't feel as permanent as a text message. It doesn't feel as risky as a text message. Write like a quick like paragraph about something like hot that you want them to do to you. And I promise you it will drive them crazy and they're going to be like, I'm coming over. I really picked up on doing this stuff during my undergraduate degree. So I studied public relations at Kent State University. And I used my four-year degree really to trick boys. Like, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I use it to 100% PR boys. I 100% apply my tactics that I learned for public relations, for, like, corporate world, on men. And it works. And I'm sure it can be applied to anybody, honestly. But I'm telling you, these tactics, like the Snapchat, the voice memos, the sending the quick paragraph, writing out something really hot, works every time. The proof is in the pudding. Not only have I used it, I've taught my friends how to do it. And I see them doing it and they'll send me screenshots of like these guys being like, I'm leaving work early. I'm driving three hours to come see you. 
It works, ladies and gentlemen and theys and thems and all of my friends who are listening. It works. I really picked up on doing this stuff during my undergraduate degree. So I studied public relations at Kent State University. And I use my four-year degree really to trick boys. Like, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I use it to 100% PR boys. I 100% apply my tactics that I learned for public relations for, like, corporate world on men. And it works. And I'm sure it can be applied to anybody, honestly. But I'm telling you, these tactics, like the Snapchat, the voice memos, the sending the quick paragraph, writing out something really hot, works every time. The proof is in the pudding. Not only have I used it, I've taught my friends how to do it. And I see them doing it and they'll send me screenshots of like these guys being like, I'm leaving work early. I'm driving three hours to come see you. It works, ladies and gentlemen and theys and thems and all of my friends who are listening. It works. So now that I've given my experts some stuff to hold on to and my beginners, I hope you listen to it too because one day you'll be an expert as well. Let's move into our questions and stories of the week. I didn't get any good story submissions for this episode with Dirty Talk, so I'm just going to do some questions again. I hope that you don't mind. But really quick, I want to do a shameless, shameless plug for the podcast. If you guys could please follow the Instagram for the podcast, boytalk underscore podcast on Instagram. That would be fantastic. That's where I update you all about episodes. I'm going to be looking into doing merch. I'm going to start doing memes and stuff throughout the week. I do little sneak peeks of the episodes coming up. Please check out the Instagram. Also, you can find me on all of my socials at ocody, O-H-H-K-O-D-Y. If you're not following me, Instagram, TikTok, it's where it started, that kind of thing. Go check it out. I always update you guys. It's where I answer your DMs. It's where I get these questions from. So please go check it out. And then finally, if you haven't liked subscribed, shared the podcast, please, please leave a review. Please rate it. Please give it five stars. If you like it, please leave an honest review about it. I am new. I'm doing this on my own. I'm not making any money from this. (laughs) I'm just doing it because I want to be doing it. And I want to share this information with you all. And I could really use the help as a small creator. So thank you so much. Sorry for the shameless pug. I hate begging for that kind of stuff. It's gross. I'm not into it. But anyways, Moving into our questions. Question number one. This was on TikTok by one of my TikTok friends in the comments. They said, how do I stay clean in the back room? So we're talking about the bum, you know what I mean? I've done a lot of videos on TikTok about this. So you could definitely go check that out there for more visual representations of what I think you should do, products I use, that kind of thing. But here's how I'll break it down for you. There are two main methods really to staying clean down there, right? We have people who douche, aka squirt gun as I call it on TikTok because I would get in trouble for community guidelines. And then there's the diet method. So I'll talk about both because both have pros and cons and you have to do what's right for you and your body, whatever. So if you're going to douche, you would get an enema, which is like basically a turkey baster for your bum. And you would want to use the restroom and then you would want to squirt that up there with some water or some saline. Um, I've heard people do both. I don't do this method, so I don't have a lot of advice about it for you. And that's how you would clean yourself out, right? Short, sweet, and simple. 
the cons to doing douching is that there are a lot of concerns around it. Specifically that there are natural bacterias in your gut that you need. So like probiotics and things like that that help with digestion and all that good stuff. So washing it out is actually harmful to them. Also, it can dry the skin out, which could make you more prone to getting hurt, like ripping and bleeding. Um, there are salines that they sell that are good for up there. It's more recommended than just using a tap water is what I've heard. I kind of got attacked by the douching community on TikTok because I made a video being like, I don't douche. I don't think you should be doing it. That's just my opinion, of course. And there's always going to be people who hate the fact that I have my own opinion, but that is my opinion. I don't douche. I don't think you should do it personally, but it is an option and it does work for people. So if you think that that's what's best for you, you could try it. I always recommend trying both options, right? The next one is dieting. And this is the one that I do. Trigger warning for anyone who has an eating disorder, we're going to talk about eating. I don't want anyone to get, you know, blindsided. So the first part about eating that I want to talk about with bottoms is this. It is a myth that you cannot eat before having sex when you're a bottom and you're, or if you're going to put it in the back door. I hate it so much. I get so infuriated when I hear other LGBTQ people talk about it. Because it's so unhealthy to have that mindset that you can't eat. I promise you, I have downed a whole bowl of Chipotle and got railed with no issue. None whatsoever. So when I say it's about diet, it's not about not eating. It's about eating the right stuff and staying regular. So how do you do that? One, you want to have a lot of water in your diet. Like, one, water is good for you. You should be drinking it anyways. If you're not drinking like eight cups at least of water a day... Start drinking more water. This is your wake-up call. Please drink more water. It's so important for you. I digress. It's also really good for keeping you regular. So if you're going to put it in the back door, drink lots of water. You can't just do it like the hour before either. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you just need to get into the habit of drinking water if you know you're going to be using your back door more often. Secondly, you want to try to add in more fiber to your diet, right? This isn't a supplement plug, but that is an option that you can do. There are literal pills for it out there. You can just get fiber stuff and put it in like the waters. They have like the things you can put in bottles, shake it up, drink it. They have gummies. They have everything you can imagine for fiber, right? But you could also just get it from your diet. Healthy carbs that have lots of fiber, like wraps and bread that come with lots of natural whole grains. Fruits and veggies, making sure you're getting your four to some servings that they recommend or whatever. You know, I like to have at least two vegetables throughout the day, like lunch and dinner, big servings of it. I like to have fruit, bananas, apples, those kind of things. They're naturally full of fiber, great for your body. And then, of course, like, I drink coffee anyways, and coffee is a natural laxative, so like... You know what I mean? Like that helps too, but I'm not saying you should just drink coffee because I know a lot of people use the back door as well. will say, well, I just have two cold brews and I'm good. No, 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 no. Let's be smart. Let's be healthy about it. As far as eating before having sex as well, totally okay. 
I don't prefer having heavy meals before intimate time. Like, I try to avoid it as much as I can because, like, then I'm, like, bloated and self-conscious more than anything. But your body takes, like, four to six hours to digest. Yes, it'll be faster or slower for certain people. But on average, it's four to six hours. So if you have Chipotle and then go get railed, the only thing you're going to feel is a little uncomfortable because you're full. It's not going to be because, like, something's going to happen. And to take a step further for myself to keep it clean... I will actually like self-check, you know, you just do a little poke up there, make sure you're good after using the restroom, good to go. I've had people comment when I said that that's my method, which is just having a higher fiber diet and being regular, that there would be a trail, meaning like my partner might have stuff on their dingling. I'm here to shut that down right now. No. Because when you're regular and you're eating fiber, you're coming out solid. There's not any like residues left up there. So shut that idea off right now. You don't need to worry about it. You're going to be fine. I have been active since I was 16 and I've been a bottom since then. I tried topping. I hated it. I'm not a top. I'm a bottom. If you didn't know that, hi, I'm a bottom. I'm telling you, I've had one issue and it was because I wasn't feeling well and I thought that I was okay and then we started and I wasn't right that's just gonna happen and that's another thing I'd say about anyone who's worried about the back room you know your body listen to it sometimes yes we want to get railed right but if you know that you're having stomach issues that day my friends with IBS I'm so sorry but like if you're like me and I'm normally normally regular and I'm having stomach issues that day, then like it's just not the day. And what's so great about that is that you can have a lot of fun in other ways. You got a mouth, you got hands, you got fingers. You can have a lot of fun without actually putting it in the back door. So I hope that helps for anyone who's thinking about that, right? Next, the next question I've been getting a lot of submissions about is, how do I initiate talking to my partner or partners about trying new things? So how do I talk to them about exploring our sexualities, doing fun stuff, adding toys, whatever it is that you want to talk about with your partner? My best advice is this. You and your intimate partner have a special bond. You are the only people that you are being intimate with in that way, right? Conversations like this, should not be uncomfortable. You should be able to talk openly about it and not be weird. I know it might feel funny at first and we have such a taboo around stuff like this, but let's shut that down. We are all sexual beings at our biology. That is what we are here to do. We're here to reproduce, right? We're here to have intimate time. So, don't be weird about talking about it. I know that we get a little self-conscious when we talk about our bodies and sex and things we like, but we need to stop being like that because at the end of the day, if you want to have good intimate time, you got to talk about it. You know what I mean? You got to figure it out with one another. So first thing, don't be weird about it. Get out of that headspace and go in confidently to having these conversations. Secondly, you should always be talking about the stuff you want to do and figuring out boundaries and getting consent with your partner before doing stuff. This is huge. Consent is essential. It's not optional. You need consent. So how you get consent is by having those conversations. 
maybe when you're cuddling beforehand, you would have a conversation like, I want to try this. How do you feel about that? If it's something bigger, like if you want to bring a toy into the bedroom or you want to try a new position that's really out of your norm or you want to try being more dominant or submissive or whatever you're trying to do, I recommend bringing it up casually in a non-intimate setting. So example, you're sitting in your room with your partner about to start a movie. Maybe before the movie starts, you say, hey, I have something on my mind real quick. I'd love to talk to you about it. Or if you're not into confrontational in a sense of in-person, it might be easier to have a text message conversation and just be like, hey, I was thinking about this. Is that something you'd ever try? Once you get comfortable enough with your partner too, what's so great is you can start having regular conversations about things you want to do with each other. I even suggest watching porn together slash sharing porn. Like if you see a hot video on the internet and you're like, damn, I want to try this, Send it to your partner and be like, what do you think about this? Ask for consent first for that too, though, because you don't want to just send people stuff like that. They might open it in front of families or friends. You want to give them a heads up. Slash, you want to make sure they're comfortable with it. But once you get that consent to start sending like things like porn, highly recommend it. It's a great way to open those conversations and to kind of connect with one another on that level. So that is it for questions of the week. Thank you so much for submitting those. I always am checking my TikTok comments. I'm always checking my Instagram DMs. So please, please, please DM me. You can do it at boytalk underscore podcast or ocody. Either one works for Instagram. And then on TikTok, of course, I'm ocody. You can find me on Twitter, YouTube, etc. Any way you want to submit a question, I will find it somehow. I do read them all. So go ahead, submit them. Also, I'm waiting on stories. Send me some crazy stories, y'all. I'm so excited to get to read them for you. With that being said, that's the end of the episode, motherfuckers. Dirty talk needs to be something we normalize. Y'all gotta get comfortable with it. Get confident with it. It spices up your life. I hope these tips help. I hope that you're having a fantastic week. I hope you're staying safe. Please, if you haven't yet, like the episode, subscribe to the podcast, follow me on socials, follow the podcast on socials. Give me a five-star rating if you're really learning and enjoying. I love you all. Please stay safe. Let me know if you need anything. And have fun, bitches. See you next week. Oh,